preach words. I really am going to talk. I'm not going to preach. So, <laughs> but I'll still try to do the word anyway. <clears throat> uh, when John sent out the theme for the month, I thought, well, I don't think I know anything about that to do that. So, but I said, uh, well, here's one idea. I uh, I've had a hand and opportunity to start a couple of different congregations, and I thought I might uh, give you some thoughts about that, that you may have the opportunity sometime to uh, start congregations. And uh, so I thought I'd just tell you some of the things about it. Uh, I've had the opportunity of uh, starting some in foreign countries and a couple in the United States. And uh, you may have that opportunity sometime down the road, and maybe some of these ideas might help you in that. I'll start with the ones we've started overseas. Uh, <clears throat> I've been connected with Vanuatu. Vanuatu is a, a country made up of 85 islands in the South Pacific, and I've been in and out of there since 1980. Uh, and uh, in 19, uh, in, let me think when this is, yeah, I think it's 1995, we uh, went to uh, uh, Espiritu Santo. It's a, and it said Vanuatu is made up of 85 islands, and I had worked on the bigger island, the main island, Efante, uh, and I'd studied with a man there, uh, and uh, Simon Leawea, and uh, uh, he was from Espiritu Santo, which is one of the islands, and uh, I was not able to really convert him as I studied with him uh, in, I think, his 92. And uh, so I, I took four Bear Valley students uh, in 95, and we landed on Espiritu Santo, which means Holy Spirit, for those of you who don't know Spanish. Uh, and uh, the gospel had never been preached on that island. And so I took these four Bear Valley students with me. We landed there that morning. I had contacted and had arrangements for a hotel uh, there, a little motel that would stay in. And so we uh, simply landed that Friday morning, and uh, uh, we scattered uh, and said, okay, find us a place we can meet, and that'll be the first thing we do is try and find. We'd already printed up some advertisements of uh, come to our meetings. Uh, we had just left blank where we were meeting. We we're going to fill that in, and, and so we did that. <clears throat> first off... Uh, uh, by lunch, we stopped at a little old cafe and ate, and uh, uh, one of the students with me was Sagao Tadatoro uh, from Japan. And uh, <clears throat> we were eating, and there's some Asian folks up there at another table, and I said, Sagao, go over and talk to them and see what you can find out and see if they be here. Uh, and so he took them some literature with them, and uh, when they got up and left, uh, they didn't take the literature with them. But uh, the waitress that waited on us picked up that material, and uh, she later told me, she said, I, we thought, well, maybe this is what we've been looking for. She and her husband had given up on denominationalism there and were praying that somebody would come teach them the truth. Well, we're over here praying, Lord, send us to somebody that was looking for truth. And so uh, she took it out to her husband, lived out in the bush. That's out in the country. That's just the way they call it. And uh, <clears throat> sure enough, they came and... Uh, we studied with them. They traveled with us the whole three or four weeks we were there, and uh, we baptized several, I don't know, six or eight that time. Uh, what we do, we met, we found a building in which we'd meet. Uh, we met uh, that uh, every night, and basically what I would do, I'd preach 30, 40 minutes, then I'd answer Bible questions for a couple hours, and uh, then during the day, we'd kind of chase these folks down and study with them one-on-one. -on -one. 
And so we did baptize, and I thought I've forgotten, six or eight people. Unfortunately, started two congregations because the, the people we met were lived different places, uh, several miles apart, so they couldn't get together with one congregation. We helped them, uh, uh, and you know, here's somebody that's uh, just become a Christian. We're going to be there three weeks, then we're going to leave and say, now you take over uh, after three weeks. And so uh, we tried to help them figure out how to uh, uh, preach and what to do in worship service and how to gather and do those kind of things. And so we did that. Uh, one of the things we tried to help them do is just in, in terms of preaching, <clears throat> just take a chapter of the Bible and study through that Bible and try to convey that chapter. Let that be your sermon every uh, time we'd gather. And so we did what we could to help those folks uh, get started uh, in that way. Later in uh, 2003, I took a team of uh, uh, four or, well, there are five folks, two couples and a single fellow from here, went over there in 2003 to investigate whether or not they would want to move over there as missionaries. And we went back in 2004, and then they moved over there in 2005. And one of the families is still there uh, today in, in doing that mission work. Uh, part of what I did while I, in preparation and in trying to reach those folks over that way, I had a weekly radio program over there for about uh, three years, uh, which was uh, broadcast over all the islands there just to kind of plant the seed and uh, get, it, get the people aware of the Word of God. So uh, I'm going to say some more. Well, I'll just say it now in terms of I think that uh, short-term mission work and mission trips can be valuable. I believe that you can do some good work uh, in that uh, way. Uh, And so when you have opportunities, go to some of these fields. You may go to a place where the church hadn't been established. Uh, You you may go simply to places where the church is established, but they need you to come and strengthen them. And so I encourage you to uh, do that. Second thing I'll tell you about is uh, we've established a couple of congregations here in the States. Uh, I was part of a group doing that. Uh, I preached in Rock Island, Illinois. It's an area called the Quad Cities. There. Uh, they call it Quad because there's four cities. There are actually about six or seven there, but uh, Rock Island and uh, Moline on the Illinois side and Davenport and Bettendorf on the Iowa side. <clears throat> and while I was preaching at Rock Island, uh, we had people driving from Bettendorf, Iowa to come over to I- uh, where we were and worship. <clears throat> well, there, we found a Lutheran church building that was available so uh, in Bettendorf, and there was, there was not a church in Bettendorf. There was one in Davenport, but there was not one in Bettendorf. And so we, because we saw that building, uh, we made arrangements, bought that building, and a group of us went over there and began uh, preaching and established the church in uh, Bettendorf, Iowa. When you uh, do that, and this was a sort of an easier situation, because we had a building, uh, we remodeled it some, of course, put in a baptistry. They had a baptismal fount. Uh, it's solid marble, and I brought it home, and I've got it out in the yard. And uh, I, I say that's my baptistry for home Bible studies. Uh, and so 
But uh, we we just simply had a, a group of folks who wanted to start the church there, and uh, we began knocking on doors uh, around the building. And three houses down from the door, we knocked on the door of a man, and uh, he said, "Yes, I'd be interested in studying. I've been studying baptism, I've been studying the Lord's Supper, and I've got some questions on those things." And so uh, we sat down and studied with them, and they were baptized. We baptized a number of folks, and simply started the church there in Bettendorf, Iowa. Uh, and that was in 71, 1971. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, <clears throat> Conifer. We've started the congregation in Conifer uh, up in the mountains here. Uh, I had preached, uh, I moved to Columbine, preached there starting in 19, January of 1990. Uh, in 2004, we moved from um, Littleton up into the mountains, but I continued to preach uh, at uh, Columbine. But when I got up there, when we moved up there, I began thinking, there needs to be a church up here. There had been a church in Evergreen, uh, Colorado, which is up that same way, and uh, uh, but that church had gone completely liberal. In fact, uh, two sad stories, some of their members... Uh, went into the Baptist church and contaminated the Baptist church and they were so aggravated with the Church of Christ for coming and contaminating their Baptist church uh, the, the, the Evergreen church just closed up now it's not even meeting as a church but we had a number of members that lived up that way uh, who were having to come into Denver to worship or Golden uh, in this area uh, and so when I, after I was up there a while I thought we, we need to start a church up here and uh, not have to drive so far because the closest would be 30 to 45 minutes. And to show you the, how this, that this is a mission field, when you leave Conifer, the next church going west is two and a half hours away. And so, uh, we need, and, and, and people up that way, sometimes it's a struggle to get down here, uh, particularly during ski season. Traffic would, uh, hinder you. It's just hard to do it. So, again, we had an opportunity in terms of uh, uh, members were already up that way. And I uh, at, also at that time, well, Will Henstein was teaching here. Uh, and he came into my office one day and said, uh, I miss local work. said, uh, I'm thinking about resigning and going back into local work. And I said, well, I've been thinking about starting church in Conifer. How about us working together and do that? And uh, so that's what we agreed to do. Unfortunately, his wife got very sick. Uh, really, he was not able to work much there with the church in Conifer. Uh, we did have a Bear Valley graduate who just graduated and was working there. Uh, and so the church started. Uh, backing up to kind of how we got it started, I contacted these members who lived up that way and said, would you be interested in starting congregation in Conifer? They said, yeah. So we met several times, discussed uh, what we would do, how we would do it. Uh, you know, you have to find a place to meet. Uh, you have to figure out, uh, can you afford it, and so on. And so we had several business meetings like that uh, in which we discussed logistics. Uh, I did find a place to meet. Uh, it's called the Mountain Resource Center. Uh, we began meeting there, and so uh, the Christians in that area I began meeting on Wednesday nights uh, there uh, in the uh, fall of 2006. Uh, I thought I was going to work with them. I thought I'd be the preacher for them, but uh, Columbine didn't want me to leave, so I didn't leave. 
and I just uh, Will was going to work with them, but as it turned out, he was not able to do much either. But the church officially started on January the first, first Sunday in January of 2007, and. Uh, uh, the Bear Valley student worked with them for a while, and then uh, after two or three years, <clears throat> decided to go back to California, where he's from. And so the men called me and said, would you work with uh, us here now? And I felt like they needed to. Uh, I was afraid if they didn't. The church had not grown. They had not baptized anybody. They really had not accomplished much. And I was afraid they'd close the doors and give up. So I said, yes, I'll do that. So I wrote the Columbine elders and said, I just feel like I've got to do this and be with them. <clears throat> and so we began doing that. And uh, one of the little funny stories, one of our men who lives up that way, John Haney, some of you know, he was a deacon at Columbine. And uh, uh, one later on, one of the, he, he announced to the elders, I'm resigning and I'm going to start worshiping Conifer. And the elders said, well, uh, we don't remember you asking permission to do that. He said, well, Wayne asked permission. You wouldn't let him have it, so I decided not to ask. And so, <laughs> so <laughs> but uh, when you we, we met, and they began uh, meeting services and carrying on. Two or three things we need to kind of mention to help you as you begin to think about starting a congregation. First off, I, I, it's done by some denominational people, but I think it's very hard, and I think they've got a denominational backing through anything to do it, where a person just goes in and begins uh, a congregation by himself. Generally speaking, we need some folks to be with us. It's just a way to start it. It's hard, uh, one family, uh, to do it by themselves. Uh, but <clears throat> if you've got some members uh, who live in a particular area, you can use those members and kind of start with a group. Uh, you have to consider several things. You have to consider, okay, where are we going to meet? Uh, do we have uh, folks who can lead singing? Uh, do we have uh, songbooks? Do we have uh, the facilities that we need? Uh, if not, you may need to raise a lot of support. Uh, when I... When we started the church in Bettendorf, Iowa, I just got on the road, uh, went around to congregations all over Oklahoma, a lot of them, and, uh, uh, I, you know, I had a friend, I'd call him up and say, let me come stay with you a little while and uh, let me contact some churches in your area about helping us. And so I raised the funds for us to start the church in Bettendorf, Iowa. Uh, so much so, my wife says, when you die, I've got a tombstone epitaph I'm going to put on your tombstone. It comes out of Luke 16. Behold, the beggar died. And so, <laughs> uh, so uh, we raised the funds we needed. Uh, we started the church in uh, Bettendorf, Iowa, and uh, uh, it, it continued on. Uh, when it came to Conifer, uh, first off, uh, they were well supported. They had a congregation who had supported the young man who was there, and they continued some of that support. Uh, plus, we were blessed with uh, churches in Con in Denver who have contributed to us uh, a good bit, uh, and uh, so we didn't really have to get on the road and raise any funds to do that. When you get ready to, said, to, to do this and you start this congregation, two or three things that will happen that you need to think about. 
One is you, when you start a congregation, you begin to have some local members come in, you'll get all kinds. Uh, you'll get some liberal folks and you'll get some conservative folks. And you got to try to figure out how to blend those folks together to recognize they are brethren and that we are one and we kind of have to decide on uh, what we really believe and teach uh, and don't go radical liberal or radical radical conservative. Uh, and so sometimes that's a challenge in terms of getting a congregation together uh, to begin to blend it into one congregation. Because everybody who's a member of the church comes in, they bring their baggage, their ideas, and their thoughts, and you're trying to say, now we're starting as a congregation, we're going to have to work together on this. Second thing that you get sometimes when you start a congregation like this is <clears throat> there'll be people from other congregations who come in, they've been a small fish in a big pond, and now then with a new congregation, they see an opportunity to be a big fish in a little pond. And so they like to come in and sort of be the boss and run the things the way they want it to run. And so you have that conflict sometimes that you have to uh, kind of figure this out so that uh, we can blend together and be a congregation. Uh, and, and, of course, usually in those kinds of situations, you don't begin with elders. You begin simply with congregation. And you have to learn in these business meetings that every man has his say, but no man has his way. And so that you can learn to get to get a, get along and un, and accomplish some things. Uh, I'll close with two more statements. Uh, several years ago, and I don't remember who it is, but we had a man speak at our Bear Valley Extension retreat, and he said, uh, in the process of his message that he gave, with any organization, with the church or whatever it is, you generally speaking go through four phases. First off, you uh, form, that is, you get started, you storm, and that storm part is because you have conflicts. You have to, uh, you got different people, different ideas, uh, and so you have some conflicts that arise in congregations as you begin because you got different, different ideas and so you kind of have a stormy situation until it kind of all figures out. And so it says you form, then you storm. The third thing is you norm. You get to a kind of a normal situation where things are really okay. And then the last one, finally, you get to the point where you perform. And so I think those are four good statements in terms of kind of the growth of a congregation when you start from nothing uh, and begin to get to be a congregation that really is functioning well. So you form, storm, perform, and then find and, and uh, norm and then perform. One last statement I'll say. <clears throat> Here's really the point that I want you to get. Whatever I've done, you can do better. Uh, just prepare yourself, and when God opens a door, go through it. I've been very blessed that God has opened lots of doors for me. Uh, and the, he can do the same thing for you. So my exhortation is prepare yourself to the very best of your ability. Study, prepare, learn all you can learn. And when God opens a door for you, go through it. It may be out of your comfort zone. It may be something you hadn't done before. But uh, there's no telling what God can do with you if you'll simply prepare yourself and go through the doors that he opens for you. 
Uh, I feel very blessed to have done all these things, been a part of these things. It's not on my own abilities, uh, but I've enjoyed that work, and uh, uh, I encourage you to do that also. Most of my 58 years of preaching, I've said have been about uh, close to 20, kind of in the Bible Belt. The other basically 40 years, uh, 38 years, have been in mission areas. And uh, I'll encourage you, I think it's better to work in a mission area than it is to work in the Bible Belt. Uh, in the mission area, they don't know you're the only people in town that don't have an instrument. Uh, they don't know that you think you're the only people going to heaven. You get to plow a new ground. You get to uh, sow the seed in an area uh, that where the gospel really needs to be sown, in areas where the gospel hasn't been preached. It was uh, really kind of an honor and uh, a real ch- joy to go into that island where the gospel had never been preached to those people and to preach it. I encourage you to make your plans and do the same. Thank you for listening.